Would you accept an offer to have an all-expenses-paid lunch treat in different cities every day at this very moment? Nice, huh? Would you investigate the intention behind the invite or would it be an eat now, reflect later kind of situation? <laughs> well, this story is about crowns of the world. And because we at the Storybook love you all, we've also included a three-step rule to escape deception. I am Whitney Mwangi and this is my story. Don't you just love stories? Stories shape how we understand the world, our place in it, and our ability to change it. We are all products of our backgrounds, perceptions, and experiences, which all form how we interpret the world. So we all have unique stories to share. What are we without stories? If you're a sucker for inspirational stories, you'll feel right at home at the storybook. Let's keep the conversation going. We just can't wait to hear from you. Hey, beautiful. He texted. Let's call him Tom. Where would you like to have lunch? Mm, I'm not so familiar with restaurants here, so you pick. I didn't mean restaurant, I meant country. In which country would you like to have lunch tomorrow? Tom was ever making these grandiose statements and gestures. He would constantly lavish me with praise and favors, making me feel like this beautiful, expensive and exquisite painting on a prime wall in his house. The one wall that guests see as soon as they enter his house. My intuition was flagging his attention and affection as dangerous spam. Well, it does feel nice to be the painting on display, especially if the person is also opening themselves up to see me and be seen. In this case, my role felt precisely like a painting's. To sit pretty, decorate, shut up, and only contribute my presence per his demand. No matter how much time we spent together, I still felt like Tom and I barely knew each other. He felt absent or unavailable when it came to sitting down to have honest conversations about himself and life that breathed up an intimacy. He barely asked about me. Whenever I told him about this concern, his response was usually along the lines of be patient, good things take time to build. He was right, but my gut remained unsettled. Do you ever feel like blocking someone but cannot because you don't feel like you have solid conclusive evidence of offense to warrant that extreme measure? I was working with an awkward, uncomfortable gut feeling that I was being crowned in preparation for deception. Oh boy. So I wrestled with my intuition. Was I reading too much into this? Was my discernment really speaking? Or was it unresolved commitment trauma keeping me from a good thing? Isn't it amazing to be spoiled and pampered, Whitney? Three days after the SMS episode, I came across the story of the time Jesus fed over 5,000 people with only two fish and five loaves of bread, John chapter 6 on the Amplified Version, during my Bible study. I've read about the miracle before, but this time my attention was drawn to the part where the people stood ready to force Jesus to be their king after seeing that he could perform miracles. You can find this on John chapter 6 verse 15 specifically. Jesus slipped away into the hills to be alone. He was worthy of a crown, but that was not his purpose and mission for that season, was it? 
The Bible story reminded me of the one when Jesus was in the wilderness and the devil came through with his enticements. You can find this on Luke chapter 4. Satan led Jesus to a high place, showed him all the world's kingdoms, and promised to give Jesus all the authority and splendor as long as Jesus worshipped him. Jesus rejected the offer and responded, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Jesus remained anchored to his truth and purpose. I wondered about these kingdoms of the world. What are they and who are their rulers? The context depicted in Luke 4 verse 5 to 7 connotes that whichever they are, it is all a game of contexting for power and glory. In the grand scheme of things, the one crowned and enthroned as a ruler of these kingdoms must know how to conquer and defend, that is, acquire and keep the utmost power and glory no matter the cost, lest they lose their sovereignty. It's constant competition and performance, which is exactly what I felt around Tom. If I needed space to exist authentically in his life, I had to compete or perform for it. These two teachings extended a new level of understanding that helped me gain insight into what my intuition was telling me about Tom. I was indeed about to trade my soul, voice, authenticity, purpose, and needs for a pedestal where I'd be worshipping, that is, aligning to, or obeying, or striving for, his standards of good, important, worthy, and pleasing. What a pain it is to be crowned a ruler in these kingdoms of the world. Accepting a crown from the world is often quick and easy, but getting off it may be an expensive lifelong journey. Crowns of the world are marketed as a lifelong powerful possession, but beneath the glittery outward appearance sits depression and oppression. Tom was dangling the crown of a luxurious but lonely life before my eyes. I did not want that. So what now? I asked myself. Tom cleans up nice and presents a pretty game and all, but it's a no for me. I released him in a simple conversation that underlined how our interest did not align. Okay, calm down. I did not tell him I read the Bible and I know you're straight from hell. Get thee behind me, Satan. <laughs> I did not do that. I used to enjoy uh, glittery propositions, but as I ventured deeper into healing and involving as a woman, as I become more of Whitney and settle more into myself, I became more sensitive to the kind of attention and affection I accept and submit to, underpinned by one question. What is the intention behind this crown? Now I can identify crowns of the world passed around me everywhere, every day. I see them at home, when parents praise one child to discipline the other children covertly. I see it at the office, when bosses play favorite to encourage colleagues to worship them. I see it in church when people applaud a woman covered from head to toe for being decent and godly, not knowing she's masking self-hate after internalizing physical abuse. I see it in social circles when people put forth an interest in building a friendship and being helpful when all they're after is what you have. I see it within myself when I sidestep offense and rude behavior to keep the peace because I want to seem easygoing and kind and not labeled difficult. 
Every day is an opportunity to exercise the three-step rule to identifying and managing the glittery favors, propositions, and applauds that are actually intended to chain the soul to a ball. When the invites, favors, and applauds come through and you're sensing treachery, step one, establish. How do I feel around this person and this place? Step two, evaluate. What is the intention behind my presence? What do I sense is the intention behind their presence? And step three, Three, empower. How will I respond to reconcile my answers through stage one and stage two? Is there a place for affirmations, Whitney? Of course. Applaud yields a sense of appreciation and encouragement. I enjoy and need validation, appreciation, and affirmation for who I am and what I bring to the world. And that's okay. It's necessary in life to be seen. The favor of man, however, is essential in life because every opportunity comes through a man. I am keen to wait on God to crown me for the blessings of the Lord bring true riches and he adds no sorrow to it. This is Proverbs chapter 10 verse 22. When God crowns you, your pedestal is built on a firm foundation that nourishes you without placing timelines on your worth. God's timing will be right and the crown will be purposeful. I will strive to sit on a throne that is mine. Wearing and giving crowns of the world are coping mechanisms we learn to navigate through circumstances in life. It is a form of idolatry, like many coping mechanisms. The moment I catch myself falling for the seduction of these crowns, I remind myself that there are selfish, manipulative titles, favors, and accolades awarded by man to reinforce my role as a supplier and those who crown me as receivers, buyers, buying my time, talent, and resources in exchange for praises, applauses, inauthentic friendships, and zero-to-shallow commitment. They're fleeting. When one can no longer perform the crown as an acceptable standard or dance to their beat or play by their script or something better comes along, that crown quickly turns into one of thorns, like the one they put on Jesus on the cross. Painful, grotesque, dishonorable, sacrificial, and a blood drawer. Yet one can only bleed for so long. I can release connections of little to no depth in this headspace, creating space for authentic connections and reinforcing the value of moving in honesty and genuineness. I see more by the day that living in honesty also empowers my intuition to continue being that best friend who always guides me to the true intentions of my heart and that of others beyond what I see in the physical. This release is now a standard, a daily practice in full acceptance. There are many things, but there are my things. There are good things, but there are things that are good for me. There are many exciting journeys and paths, but there is my my journey and my path. There are crowns of the world and crowns bestowed by God uniquely and wonderful made for me. So that's our story. What's yours? Be sure to connect with us on social media at the storybook underscore ENT on Instagram. The storybook ENT on Facebook, at storybook underscore ENT on Twitter. Let's keep the conversation going. We just can't wait to hear from you.